Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with James Vagley and Ash Playstead. Being a successful mortgage broker is not just about offering great rates and great service. You need to become the best marketer, leader and strategist to outthink your competition. If you want to grow your mortgage business and do it smarter, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit www.brokerworkshop.com. That's brokerworkshop.com. Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody. It's James Vagley here, and welcome to another episode of the MBA podcast, Mortgage Broker Acceleration. Ash, where we get serious about helping mortgage brokers and mortgage businesses accelerate. How are you? We do like to pull back the covers of the industry, James, so we're definitely going to be doing that today. Uh, Great to be here. How are you doing? Oh, I'm very good. I'm very good. And today's episode is another soft spot for both of us, probably. It's something we see a lot in the industry and we wanted to cover for a couple of really important reasons. It's one of these things that needs to be squashed out of people's minds and out of the media and things like that. And the topic is simple. It's that overnight success is BS. And we've been around long enough in this industry, Ash, to know that overnight success really is a bit of BS. And it's the old tip of the iceberg analogy, a bit like the Titanic. It's motoring along in the middle of the night. Everything is fine. And they missed the iceberg. And I think a lot of mortgage professionals are missing the iceberg too. They're they're going along, seeing only what's above the surface. That's the success stories often touted as fast movers and shakers and top brokers and overnight success, but they're not seeing that 80 to 90% of that iceberg success is under the surface. You can't see it. And I think we need to actually separate the words overnight success because overnight and success are two completely different things. You're uh, you're darn tootin', James. Uh, this is uh, this is a really really important topic um, and, and really central to um, you know the industry and what you and I do with, with how we help people in this industry. So, for me, a good place to start with this, or the right place to start with this, would be to call out. I think the sort of the myth, if you want to if you want to think of it like that, that's prosecuted in the industry to new brokers entering or new people entering the industry as brokers and that the people or the models of success are people that have had big months volume-wise, right? Um, That's what is defined as success. So we need to define success. Is success writing a lot of loans in a month and being um, put on a pedestal as highly successful uh, in in the uh, industry media? Is that what we define as success? Is that the right model of success? Because let's be honest, if you're a really good salesperson and you have some good contacts, you could start in this industry one month and six months later, potentially be doing $5 million of loans a month or more because you've got a lot of contacts. Is that what we define as success? Is that an overnight success? I would say no. I would say to me, success is not sudden leaps in volume. Success probably to be defined as a business that can work without you or with you and does good numbers 
but does it in a systemized, organized, manageable way. That is missing in the industry. The industry needs to, I think, be showing that as the model of success and with a little bit of stretching out of what's required to get there. It's, 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 there's a lot more to it than um, punching out a few loans. I like that you brought up that definition of even or even defining success because you're right everybody has a def- different definition of success i think we've got a a whole podcast topic on defining success and you're right the media and a lot of industry groups they we put pe- put brokers on a pedestal who are busy and productive in terms of loan volume uh, so what we see is success we don't actually see behind the curtain of those businesses how many hours have they are they working? Um, how when was the last time they saw their family or took you know their family away on a holiday? It took any time off at all. So we've inadvertently defined as an industry through a lot of the media that success is high volume. And as you said, you're right. Like yes, writing good volumes is a key indicator of success. But for us, it's actually it's actually only half the equation. Um, which is why we talk about having the autopilot business. Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, this industry, it's a wonderful industry. We know that. We love this industry. It's a fantastic career. You get to help people at a really important time in their life, um, and you get to build, uh, hopefully, a business um, for you and your family. So it, it is a wonderful, wonderful industry. However, I think, you know, the, the perception of being able to get there quickly is probably um, – the danger because um, you know a lot of these people end up um, ultimately becoming clients of yours and mine James because they enter the industry um, from another industry um, and they enter the industry because they want to work for themselves so you know, this is an interesting point that I'd like to maybe just kick around for a minute so a lot of people enter this, enter this industry because they want to work for themselves they want to be in control of their destiny they like helping people they might have some financial skills in their in their background, so they think natural fit to mortgage broking makes sense. Okay, um, but what's missing, um, you know, almost invisible is what you actually should be looking to do to build a business from day one, rather than just jumping in, going hell for leather, and then crashing into a wall a year or two later. And then figuring out, oh, there's all these things. If I had known I needed to do this, this, and this, and this, I would have done that a year ago. So there is this missing piece around the right framework to build a business from the get-go. I actually, um, we, we were riffing on this a little while ago about, you know, when you enter this industry, you've got to have an industry-based mentor, right? To, you know, to be able to sign off on your loan submissions for the first two years. That's fair enough. Um, that's a quality control measure to you know, in the best interests of customers. I understand that and that's important. However, I also think you should be getting a second mentor, a mentor that's got business expertise, experience and skills that can guide you on the right steps to build a business. Um, That would be a very, very um, sensible investment Um, because, you know, in most other businesses, you have to pay to enter the industry. You, you know, mortgage broking has got very low cost entry unless you buy a franchise. You can get up and running for a few thousand dollars in this industry. It's harder than it used to be, fair enough. But I honestly think, you know, you should be putting a fair chunk of capital behind you to fund the first year of operations rather than 
you know, surviving hand to mouth on the efforts of winning loans. Like if you're the survival of your business is dependent on the next loan that you win, you've got a problem. I mean, that's certainly going to drive action taking. I'll grant you that, James. But is it is it the way you want to live day to day that, you know, you're lying awake at night wondering whether you can feed your family based on winning the next loan? That's not a good way to be. No, it's not. And if you have these false expectations that success will be fast and overnight and oh, I'll just get into the industry and start talking to people and making money, whereas in reality, as we know, Ash, it takes, you know, it's at least in Australia, uh, four to six months before you receive any money. If you see a client today, by the time you do that deal and that settles and you get paid is, well, probably four months. So we really need to have a do a 180 on these expectations. Um, and I guess to talk a little bit more about expectations, the putting on a pedestal of success stories and overnight success is, is breeding these false expectations because what we see is uh, broker A, Joe Blogs, has gone from zero to doing... $60 million in their first year as a broker. So you see this overnight success story. Uh, we don't see behind the curtains. We don't see that they perhaps had a existing long-standing relationship with a key accountant or a real estate firm, someone they've known since they were kids that they're very tight with. And the moment that person said, I'm going to become a mortgage broker, they opened up a floodgate of leads and opportunities. So we don't see that. We don't see all the mistakes and effort. Um, we just see the results. And that's where, um, that's where I think we just need a bit of a reality check that, you know, you can have fast success. So we, we know this, right? It's what we do, Ash. We mm. know full well that mortgage professionals can have really fast success and fast growth in their business. But if you pull back the curtain, it takes work, it takes risk, it takes persistence. There's a lot of stuff that people don't see. And I guess mm -hmm. the purpose of this episode is it's great to look up at success stories and be motivated and be inspired by them. But we it's at the same time, Ash, we sort of need that reality check to go, great, that's what I want, but what did they actually do and what are their circumstances to have arrived at that result? Because in some instances, it's just not going to be possible for the average person to replicate that overnight success, no matter how ambitious they are, because, yeah, you could be connected to the number one real estate agent in your city and we don't see that um, in these stories. Oh, look, and the problem with that story arc too, James, is that even if you do have that connection and you do get that overnight success, that version of overnight success, which is volume, momentum, you might even make some pretty good money. But the problem is you're like a skyrocket that's been shot out of a tube, right? And all you're seeing is that skyrocket heading upwards. What you don't see is when that skyrocket runs out of energy, guess what happens? It plummets to earth very, very quickly. And this is the problem is a lot of those brokers are on that arc where they're shooting stars that are 
that inevitably, without help, have got a crash and burn scenario at some point in the future. And that's that's something that really concerns us, right? And, you know, this story, this episode is really about inspiring people to think about the right direction to take. If you're entering this industry, if you're already in this industry, so these stories are really about inspiring people to look at, you know, the right action to take, who to take advice from, where to invest your capital to get the right guidance to build the right business for you. I mean, when I started, James, I mean, you know, you know, viewers or listeners might be interested in this. I mean, I what is it? It's early 2021. I've been in the industry since the mid-90s. When I first started and left my paid job, I put $30,000 behind me. 30000 bucks was a fair bit of money in the mid-90s. I also had an overdraft for another $50,000, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm telling people some pretty private information here. So I had $80,000 of capital behind me to keep me going for the first year or more. Now, I did get some good numbers early on. I did hit the ground running and got good numbers. But I can say, all honesty, hand on heart, it was two years before the income I was able to extract out of my efforts matched the income of the job that I left. It took two full years, even with some overnight success that I had that people in my social circle thought, oh, you know, you're, you're doing well, you're doing lots of business. So that was their version of success. Behind the scenes for me, it was struggle, 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 you know, using capital, dipping into my overdraft, hiring staff, paying for, you know, advice and, and um, other things. So two years down the track, it took me for my income to get back, net profit, to get back to where it was roughly equivalent to the job that I'd left. Now, I've got no regrets about that at all. Uh, and I actually think that's about the right arc for a lot of people, you know, um, it takes time to build that success and it takes investment of time, energy and financial resources to support yourself to get to that point. Um, so my sort of sort of bullet point on that story is, you know, if I'm entering this industry, um, do I want to hit the ground running with no capital behind me? No, I think that's very dangerous. So I'd definitely be looking to put a little bit of capital in the bank to pay myself a salary. I'd be definitely looking to put a little bit of capital behind getting the right business mentor. Obviously, you've got to put some capital generally into having an industry mentor um, so that you can focus on building your business without the worry of feeding yourself and your family whilst you're building your business. I mean, to me, that's really where this discussion reaches a sort of a logical uh, landing place for listeners, hopefully, to take some inspiration and and uh, and trigger some different thinking about the way to go forward with their themselves and their business. James, yeah, I love that you brought that up. It's the it's the headline versus reality at the end of the day, isn't it? It's everybody loves the headline from zero to a hundred million in one year. Uh, everybody loves the headline, but. Reality isn't juicy and saucy and people always like to put their best foot forward and, and shove all of the reality under the carpet, as you just shared. I mean, my story is different, but in some ways similar. It would be easy for me to say that, um, you know, I went from zero to six-figure income in, you know, within six months and, uh, and I worked uh, part-time hours and took three months holiday a year. And that's true. That's, that's how it was for me. But uh, do I always share that that first six months 
I barely wrote a loan, really struggled to sell, couldn't figure it out and until I actually made it work. And I do usually mm. share that as part of my story, Ash, that you know, I could barely afford to put $5 of petrol gas in my car to get to my next appointment. Um, but, in, but within that six months, I was uh, earning a solid six figures working, working part-time because of what I was implementing on the business strategy, the marketing and the sales stuff, um, not so much just writing loans. So oh, it gives a lot of confidence, though, James. Don't you think? Like oh, that's a really important um, snapshot there, and I'm really glad you shared that because within that is really how I would love our listeners to take away. Like, if you've got a plan and you can see down the track that with what you're implementing is going to lead to the outcomes that you want, which is volumes of business, um, cash flow, and a good income, it makes it much. Um, easier and much more comforting to invest up front um, in, in what you need to do. It's, I think, a, a big part of the problem in the industry that it, there's no direct guidance around that. So people are unsure about where to invest, who they should, you know, should I put some money behind lead gen? Like how many stories do we hear about new brokers to the industry spending thousands of dollars of their limited capital? Like, hello, spending thousands of dollars of their limited resources on online lead generation only to find out they converted about one in a hundred if you're lucky and they require intense amount of effort and lots of wood to burn when the right advice should have been use that capital to invest in the right guidance to build the business structure that's going to generate business for you forever rather that's- than you know what the, what, the, what the industry seems to lead them to do which is hey give me ten thousand dollars for my lead generation strategy and She'll be right. Uh, no. Yeah, that's another great point. Well, I hadn't thought of bringing that up about online and lead generation and Facebook and websites. People see the one or two percent success stories there. They don't see all the uh, people not. So that's the other angle we haven't discussed. I'm glad you brought that up around <clears throat> the overnight success stories. Well, we're not seeing the ones that were doing the same thing that weren't. So I think if we were to summarize and look to wrap up this chat i think the main takeaway from this is to yes be inspired and be motivated and hungry based on what you see others achieving and understand what success looks like for you but i would make sure that whenever we are looking at a success story i'd take it with a grain of salt i would ask questions i would seek to understand if possible the full story of well what did that person do what is their situation how did they come to be there as opposed to just blindly following them without understanding the full story so for me it's about asking questions seeking to understand the full situation and probably most importantly getting a reality check on those expectations of uh, what's possible and getting a plan to achieving that. And usually the only way of getting that level of clarity is to work with someone that's been there and done that before you, which is uh, essentially what we do with our clients. But in terms of this episode, overnight success is usually BS. Let's uh, Let's be upfront. So we want our listeners to recognize that Whenever you see a success story, realize that there's probably a ton more work, risk, persistence, mistakes, and all of the above that went into that so-called 
overnight success. Yeah, I love that, James. And look, my final um, uh, comments on this are, yes, we love one version of overnight success. We like people having quick success and quick financial um, benefits and getting lots of business. That's fantastic. But this is a long game. We want you guys to build a business that's going to last the journey. And that is a longer process. That 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 takes a lot of time and effort to have that perception of overnight success, a successful business. I would all, almost define a successful business to me is at some point in the future, you can take two weeks from your business and the phone doesn't ring, but you still make money. Now, when you get to that point, that's a successful business. Along the way, you're going to have times when you have really successful months from a volume perspective that are awesome, but that alone does not make a successful business. So have a look at you know wherever you are in the journey, whether you're just starting or you're somewhere down the track, my sort of overarching mindset is treat it as building a business, not as being self-employed. And if you don't know how to build an organized, systemized business, find someone who can show you how. 100%. Been a great chat, Ash, um, as always. Pleasure hanging out, talking about BS situations like overnight success. And I uh, can't wait to the next episode. So I guess I'll see you next week. Likewise, James. It's one thing that 30 years in this game has shown me is uh, all sorts of versions of BS. <laughs> we'll end it there. Thanks, mate. See ya. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income, and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Dash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.